a CYP Club podcast. Welcome to CYP Voiced. I'm your host, Anthony Granitsis. This is the first conversation segment of CYP Voiced, and I'm really excited to dive into it today. I'm here with my excellent conversation co-host, Mary Ellen Austin. We are going to talk about mental health today and how it's become less of a taboo topic and more prevalent in our lives. Mary, I'm very excited that you're here. We're going to have a great conversation. Welcome in. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, So a little bit about myself. I grew up in Southern Ohio. I... um, My education background is in recreational therapy, Mm. so I am a certified therapeutic recreation specialist. So after school, I moved to Oklahoma um, on an internship doing sexual trauma and abuse recovery for adolescent mental health. Mm. After that, I moved to Las Vegas and did um, recreational therapy for children through adults in a psychiatric environment, and then said I would never move back to Ohio, and here I am in Columbus three, three years later still. Um, and my last position was the director of recreational therapy for adolescents through adults, inpatient and outpatient mm-hmm. psychiatric services. Um, but then COVID hit, and now I'm in marketing. So here marketing. we are. <laughs> um, I know we're talking about mental health today, and I have obviously quite a bit of experience with mm. it and a lot of opinions about it <laughs> and a lot of reasons, you know, why I love the industry, but I had to leave the industry too mm. um, with like lots of areas of growth for the industry. That's awesome. I'm super excited to talk with you about mental health. Um, that being said, the the topic for this conversation segment is um, essentially how mental health discussion has some, been something that's traditionally very taboo, right? Like. People are kind of hesitant to talk about their mental health for different reasons. It may be perceived as, uh, you know, a sign of weakness. A lot of people think um, that if somebody's struggling mentally, uh, they'll see it. It's something they'll be able to see, and that's not always the truth. And so I'd like to spend some time talking today um, about, about mental health and kind of where it's at in society and how we're seeing current events alter uh, the the perception of mental health and where it's going to go from here. So I am interested to know like more in depth about what your experience with mental health is and what you perceived and what you collected and observed in the space. Yeah, that's it's so broad. Um, but my specific experience as a recreational therapist was to facilitate group therapy. Um, or to meet one-on-one with different patients. So recreational therapy uses leisure as therapy. So it's basically teaching people how to have positive leisure habits and how to have fun again and how to bring purpose to their lives and how they stay well by doing that outside of the hospital, which is an awesome job. It's incredible. I got to do art and play games and do yoga and plan events and do all the fun things all day. Yeah, it was great. But I mean, I really learned a lot seeing mental health uh, in an inpatient setting because a lot of people either don't even think about inpatient psychiatric hospitals, don't even know they exist anymore. Um, Because, you know, you 
automatically think of like one flew over the cuckoo's nest Mm -hmm. when you think of psych hospitals Um, it's very different today Mm -hmm. obviously as we would hope for (laughs) but I mean I think a lot of people just don't realize what the mental health industry looks like yeah like yeah people are talking about depression and anxiety on social media but Mm -hmm. there is so much more to it than just that Um, and I have some stats for you too In the United States, almost half of adults are going to experience mental illness at some point in their life. Wow. And I think a lot of people don't realize that that's such a big number. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, too, don't realize that mental health, um, you know, like a mental illness could be just a period in their life. It doesn't have to mean it's like a lifelong chronic thing. Right, right. It looks different for everybody, it right? It really does. Um, you know, diagnoses are put together, but they're really just suggestions. So it can present itself differently for everybody. And right. a lot of people just don't know that. Because a lot of times I think people don't really understand what uh, mental health entails or what having a mental disorder is. A lot of people feel like depression is, you know, the traditional signpost where you're laying in bed or you don't want to get out and it's not this you're right it's not the same for everybody and uh, so a lot of times people will not even know that they have a mental illness um, until it becomes something that so incredibly impacts their lives um, that it's observed in this very intense manner and I feel like that's kind of what contributes to the stigma around mental health um, yeah which is like it builds up over time uh, and people don't understand how that works. It's a it's a big part of like self-awareness and also an understanding of mental illness and what mm-hmm. it looks like. So you could be completely functioning, going about your day and know that you feel off, but not really know why yeah. or what's causing it. So that's where a lot of things come in, like not being able to sleep or drinking or binge eating, doing all of these things mm-hmm. because you think that's the answer right. when really it's, you know, inside of yourself. Um, and as those things pile up and pile up and pile up, that typically some drastic event is typically what causes people to be admitted into the hospital. And so that's, I think you're right. That's where the stigma is because everybody is scared of that happening. So nobody wants to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of focus on that result as opposed to things that people could be doing in the first place. Um, Especially on things like social media, you see a lot of um, people who do self-proclaimed self-help posts um, where they're essentially like, do these things and and it'll solve all your problems. Mm. Like, I see a lot of entrepreneur stuff on there and it's like, if you want to be successful, get up at 4.30 and it's people oversimplify things like mental health all of the time. Yes. Um, And it's such a hard thing to handle, especially when you struggle with mental health. So like a moment of vulnerability. Um, I was diagnosed with clinical OCD that I've dealt with my entire life and it's, it's changed as like it has gone on. And when I entered my adult years, I finally started getting treatment for it and learning about what it is to have OCD and what OCD actually is. And it's actually a lot different than what people say OCD is. A lot of people think that it's just like being organized. And while being organized is a compulsion that some people with OCD might face, it also presents itself in a lot of different ways. Um, And for the longest time, I wasn't able to find help um, around that because of things like the stigma or inaccessibility to to therapy and medicine and things like that, um, that I luckily came across whenever I entered the college time of my life. 
I'm so glad that you were able to get that information because a lot of people don't. And I have a lot of opinions about those self-help posts or (laughs) things of that nature because people read that or they see it and they're like, okay, this is my answer. And then they try it and it doesn't work or it doesn't feel right to them. And they automatically get really shameful and guilty thinking that it's something wrong with them when that answer isn't for everybody. What helps you and what makes you feel good is completely different than what makes me feel good. Right. You know? Right. And I think there's still a big conversation that needs to be had about how everything is unique to each person. I want to kind of talk about some of the reasons why we're starting to see that shift from things being more taboo to being more acceptable and um, actually courageous to come out and talk about. People respect that. Um, And I think there's a lot of reasons as to why. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I think in this case, social media has been a huge uh, help to us in that way, is when you give somebody a voice and a platform to share their experience, um, they're going to do it. And especially I've, I've seen it a lot with TikTok because of the algorithm. A lot of people are being heard that previously you know, due to whatever reason, never got to reach that audience. Um, And I had a really interesting conversation the other day on our CYP Instagram live interviews. Um, I talked to Anna Pompilio, who is a senior design strategist, I want to say, but she works with trends and brands. And she said that they've seen a huge shift in like casualization of society and our culture. And I think you know, everybody moving to a more casual way of interacting with each other is really helping people feel more comfortable about opening up and being vulnerable. Yeah. And I think that uh, it's easier to see because when we were younger, a lot of social media didn't even exist, or Mm -hmm. at least not in the way that it does now. Um, And so all you knew were the people who are immediately around you. And it's quite possible that none of those people are experiencing mental health issues in the same way that you are. So expanding that outreach and expanding your ability to see people from across the other side of the world, um, it definitely opens you up to the fact and the, in the sense that you're not going through this alone. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with, um, you know, if we talk about recent events with COVID, a lot of people suddenly found themselves at home and without being able to go distract themselves with something in their lives, they kind of got hit in the face with all of the issues and feelings that they were trying to stuff down and not deal with. Um, So I think especially, I mean, it's just been a hard year for everybody. Mm -hmm. So all of those things, it was a perfect storm for people to finally you know, sit down and feel things and then talk about it. I think that that's a really good point because speaking from my experience alone, one of the biggest coping mechanisms that I've had with OCD is just filling my schedule. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll book meeting after meeting. I'll take on three different responsibilities. I oftentimes have worked more than one job um, just to avoid, I think, maybe being alone or confronting Mm -hmm. those feelings and those thoughts. And so With COVID, it's kind of twofold because people who have struggled for a long time are now finding themselves spending a lot of time alone. People start to look inside themselves and say, "Um, what is it that I'm struggling with? And it's not really bearable because we are spending so much time alone and secluded. So a lot of those people are seeking out help. Um, And then obviously the other prong, which is people who previously didn't suffer from mental illness are now finding themselves struggling 
um, because of things like cancellations and uh, financial instability, especially, and definitely fear and grief as well. And so all of that definitely plays into, I think, um, how mental illness has developed in 2020, especially. We hear the term emotional intelligence. Um, obviously, emotional intelligence is, is a facet of self-awareness to where you can recognize how you're feeling and how it relates to how other people are feeling in the most simplified way I could possibly put it. That was a great way to put it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, but I'm wondering, for people who struggle with mental health and understanding, learning about emotional intelligence, what are some steps that need to be taken between actually truly handling mental health and learning about emotional intelligence? Mindfulness is absolutely the first place to go always. Um, Learning how to be present in the moment, present in your body is the, the key to figuring out what you're feeling, why you're feeling, and what's happening around you. I think that's a good point. And I'm really glad that you brought, uh, brought up mindfulness because I it's think- my mi- favorite word. Yes, mindfulness is a huge step in terms of dealing with things like mental health. Um, and so obviously this podcast is very focused on doing things like giving tangible action items and actually helping people. Um, instead of just educating them, what can we do to- start taking steps on our mental health. And I think mindfulness is one of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how do you go about practicing mindfulness? So there's so many different things you can do, but if you want, like there's so many books, so many journals, so many um, apps that you can listen to for different meditations or things like that. But if you really just want to immediately, as soon as you turn off this podcast, want to practice (laughs) mindfulness, the best thing to do for me personally, I like to move around, but just take 30 seconds to look at everything around you really notice what's happening in your environment, what name some things like, Oh, that's a desk right there. That's Mm -hmm. the carpet is green. (laughs) And then really just sit there for a second and be like, okay, how am I feeling? Is there anything sore on my body? Am I tight anywhere? Am I breathing weird? Um, And then what is my emotion today? What do I feel like? Am I having a good day, a bad day? What's happening? And you'll find yourself becoming more aware and more mindful as you go about just random tasks because if you think about, have you ever had one of those moments where you drive somewhere and you don't remember the drive? Yes, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so the more mindful you become, the less that happens, the less your brain checks out. And it's definitely something you have to practice, right? It's, it's hard not to check out. Uh, but the more you force yourself to be aware of your surroundings, the more mindful you'll become. I completely agree. Mindfulness is so important. I think that's a great place to kind of stop for the first half of this conversation segment. For the second half, we're going to bring in our guest, Purvis Taylor, who does a lot of work in the mental health scene over in New York City. He's got a lot of great stuff to talk to us about today, and I'm so excited to speak with him. Until next time, I'm Anthony Granitsis. I've been your host, and this is CYP Voice. We'll see you in the next half.